0: The Passholder Lounge is open once again, and I am so excited to welcome you back in. Hello everyone, it's Justin Monorail, back for another week of the Passholder Lounge podcast. I decided recently I want to come up with a motto for the show, and here's what I'm working with. We're the podcast that sets the bar, and then hits the bar. Oh yeah, tell me what you think about that. I'm okay with it. I don't know if I don't know if that's the one, but it might be in the neighborhood. Well, while we think about that, let me tell you what we're dealing with this week. We've got two brand new guests, guest hosts, let's call them, to the Passholder Lounge. Our friends Lewis and Val, or as you may know them, at Disney Pick A Day on Twitter and at Valpal Mickey. You might also know them as Figments in Time. If you follow them on Instagram, they recently had a trip to Walt Disney World and they pretty much live streamed the whole thing to their Instagram story. You could have lived vicariously through Lewis and Val on that trip. Well, I was very lucky to get to meet them at the Grand Floridian Cafe on their arrival day. We had brunch there. I love a brunch. Oh, I love a brunch. And it was very good. That was my first time to the Grand Floridian Cafe. I will say I regret my decision in my meal just a little bit. I've always heard about that Lobster Thermidor Burger at the Grand Floridian Cafe, and I had to do it. It was too tempting. I did it. I should have stuck with brunch. It was fine. I like a good burger. It was fine, but I should have stuck with the brunch option. Well, before we get into the show, I have a few shout-outs that I want to do. More reviews have rolled in on iTunes, and I want to say thank you to those people and recognize them, starting with our friend, Theme Park Rob. Finally, he says, five stars, he's back. I'm so glad. He loves podcasting. He has so much info, and he's definitely shares his opinion. You won't be disappointed with the content Justin brings. Thank you, Rob. Love you, man. Next one comes from Big Oz, someone you may have already heard on this program. The perfect way to end the week. Five stars from Landoz. He says, After trudging through the work week, listening to Justin and friends talk about all things theme parks is the perfect way to relax, unwind, and start the weekend. I promise... I'm not paying for these reviews, folks. They're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, and I thank them so much. Next one comes from someone named Miss Epcot. Fist bump to you, Miss Epcot. Parks podcast with a twist. Five stars. Great podcast for us park lovers. Not always news, but always great conversation. Justin Monreal and friends literally got me through the park closures, and I'm so glad he's back. Thank you, Miss Epcot. And finally, from Frank from Astoria. The Prodigal Podcasting Passholder Returns, five star, Frank, I give you five stars for the alliteration. You know I love the alliteration. Ladies love the alliteration. I do too. Justin's voice is a welcome one in the theme park community. PHL is a great yes and to his previous pod and one that will surely make for fun times in the future. Frank of Dillo's Diz. Thanks so much, Frank. People are loving your hashtag always MGM episode and I love you too. Guys, I don't wanna delay this any longer. I just want to give you one little heads up. We're one week out from a 40th birthday. Holy crap, can you believe it? Let's get the party started a week in advance right now. Lewis and Val in the Passholder Lounge. Grab a drink, grab a seat. Let's do this thing, Woo! I, I just sort of let things flow because this is the Passholder lounge this is where we get together and just talk and enjoy each other's company and have a nice night enjoying conversation about things that we're passionate about and that we you know that we have a mutual interest in so so that's sort of what we're doing and I'm excited I mean um, you know as of right now as as we are recording tonight, there has not been a single episode released of the Passholder Lounge, but this Friday there will be. Um, And so people, I know you all haven't really heard what the show is going to be like yet. So uh, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to hear how these first seven, eight, nine shows sound compared to how it ends up, you know, (laughs) down the road. (laughs) Cause I'm still knocking the rust off and I'm still trying to figure things out here and, I'm uh, just
1: excited to be hearing your voice on a podcast. It's exciting.
0: Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I I love that I'm getting to start this show off with a bunch of people who I really care about. And of course, that includes you all as well. Just to kind of set our our loose theme for the evening. um, One of the things that I like to do is talk about parks that are maybe, I don't know if you would consider them like your home park or at least the closest parks to you, parks you might have experience with that I don't talk a lot about. And I'm hoping today we can talk a little bit about some Dollywood stuff.
2: I go there a lot. She doesn't go there very
0: much, but I go there a lot. Not
1: as much as I used to, but I go whenever I can. So that's good.
0: Yeah. I consider that, you know, that's sort of my park of origin really growing up in East Tennessee. And the first theme park ticket I ever held was a Dollywood pass. So um, and then, of course, over the years, after my grandmother sort of retired from the the real world workforce, she started working at Dollywood until she couldn't work anymore.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So uh, she loved it. She was a big fan of the park, but she was also like a huge fan of Dolly. And so every every year they would do like uh, employee appreciation events before the uh, actual season would open up at Dollywood and, and Dolly would come in for that and she would take pictures with everybody and they'd have a big thing. So my grandmother was always so proud of those pictures with Dolly and, yeah. and just getting to see her every time that was a big deal for her. So yeah,
2: I'm not going to meet Dolly yet. I want to meet how, Dolly. I mean, he's,
1: I, he's gotten close.
2: How
0: close have you been?
2: I, they did a, a press conference, like opening thing for the, for their new resort that's coming next fall. Okay. The heart song lounge heart song, lounge. which is, a, it's going to be like the wilderness lodge, dolly style. Okay. Um, They're calling it the heart it song lounge
0: or lodge lodge. lodge.
2: lodge.
1: Okay. Lodge. Yeah. He, he said lounge, he, he has lounge in his head. Now he's all excited.
0: <laughs> it's okay. So it's going to be more, uh, themed like a, like a wilderness lodge sort of. Resort yeah, more go. rustic.
2: It's going to be rustic. a very uh, comfortable kind of, you know, like a big fireplace kind of stuff like that. It's kind of like supposed to be your country home, I think. I see. Whereas the other ones are kind of like fancy place.
0: And that one's called Dreammore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't actually visited Dreammore. I I worked with someone who ended up going to work at Dreammore on the finance and accounting team. Um, I've seen videos. I've seen your videos at Dreammore, uh, but I've but I've never been there myself. How, how does what are, What are your thoughts on the Dreammore Resort?
2: It's too busy, too busy. <laughs> yeah, it's it hard to, to get a
1: room now. We used to always be able to get a room anytime we wanted to, and now it's it's hard. It's booked up all the oh, time. Oh wow!
2: They keep getting accolades for how good it is, and it really is. It's it, right now. It's up for one of the top resorts, um, in the world. Wow. Strangely by someplace strangely. I didn't mean that. I didn't that, that's I didn't mean that. <laughs> please all you don't come for me. Um, but it's it's really nice. <laughs> I mean it's not the grand floridity, you know cuz we're going to stay there for the first time in a few weeks, but Oh wow. But it, it it does have a feeling like that. The white out outside. The rooms are really nice. Mm-hmm. The restaurants are nice, the pool's nice.
1: That's, that's, I have to say, I, you know, as much as we love staying at Disney, obviously, and, and all of the resorts that we've been to there, the Dream War is one of my favorite places to go. Wow. And I think it's just because it's it's a wonderful place just to, like for me, because I can't make it at the parks all day long um, right now because of an illness. I love to just go to the Dream War and take a book and sit in a rocking chair and the restaurants are all of them are wonderful. The food's just excellent at all three of the places where you can eat, and and so it's just um, for me. I, I love just going and hanging out there. It's it's beautiful. It's incredibly clean. Everybody's incredibly nice. It feels, you know, really. It, it, you feel like you're staying really at a really top notch resort. I mean, it's beautiful. And and just the scenery, being in the mountains and and so you just have just all of this kind of together just makes it a, an exceptional place to stay. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to Heart Song too, because I love the idea of that rustic feel, that that home feel. But I, I I will stay at the dream more any day. I love it so much.
0: It sounds amazing. It sounds really beautiful. And yeah, the the hospitality doesn't surprise me. I mean, that kind of comes along with that. Southern charm that, that the whole, you know, Dollywood resort brings kind of brings along with it. Um, so I wanted to ask actually about the food because how many restaurants did you say are at the Dream War?
1: There are three. There's sort of a, what you would consider to be a counter service kind of, uh, you know, place that has yeah. cold sandwiches or they do pizza and, you know, that kind of stuff where you just kind of go up to the counter and order, you know, sandwiches, that kind of thing, chips. And then they have, um, A a very, very nice buffet style restaurant that's really, really incredibly good. I think that's the heart and heart and and song and hearth. Mm. Um, And then outside of the song and hearth, um, they have a there's a bar area that has tables and you can still order off a like a bar menu, which you can get like a hamburger or sandwiches and fries and that kind of thing that are really excellent so there's sort of you have those three options you can go really you know to the nicer place with the big huge buffet with all the, the, the the food and or you can you know do the other two options and they have outside seating for both song and hearth and the bar area so um you can sit outside by you know near the pool and near you know and have the view and it's just really good we often will go even if we're not staying at the dream more and we're just going to the parks for the day, we'll often get a reservation and go over and eat at Sun and Hearth. It's, okay. it's that good. And, the, wow. you know, and so it gives us a chance to kind of rest and eat and walk around, dream more, and then we go back to the park.
0: So that's that's interesting because this is something I was going to ask. My memory growing up is that, I I mean, of course, some of the snacks and treats and things at Dollywood are pretty nice, but I just don't remember there being really good places to eat in the park.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you do you feel like that's gotten any better, or is it still kind of like they're just fine? It's it's
2: okay.
1: Lewis and I disagree on this, so I'll <laughs> let him go first.
2: I like the food there. I I don't eat in them a lot because it takes time, and yeah, they don't take reservations, so I I never make reservations. I don't even eat at them at, uh, at Disney. I, I go to quick service <laughs> restaurants, but they have like uh, a new a Mexican place, a Till and Harvest. That's where we ate the other day. Oh, interesting. They have a new pizza place that serves like flatbreads that opened up this year, re- okay. reopened this year. They've got a barbecue place. They've got these barbecue fries that are just fantastic.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. Um,
2: so they've got – I think the, the, the meal choices are really great. And they're pretty reasonably priced too. I mean compared to other theme park food I've I've purchased yeah Say that. Okay. A lot of people complain about, and we're like, you know, sixteen dollars for a meal at a theme park.
1: Yeah. Why, you, what are
2: you complaining about? <laughs> that's Even right. Twenty-two for Aunt Granny's, which is a sit-down place with a buffet that's fried chicken and my meatloaf and all these other things. We're like, come on, man, that's twenty-two dollars at Disney. That's a quick service.
0: Oh my gosh, twenty-two dollars for Aunt Granny's. Well, but you know, if you haven't really experienced like the Disney prices or or whatever. You know, I guess you could say, but you know, for a buffet, that's still a value, really. Twenty two dollars. I was just thinking, like, Great American Steak and Buffet was probably like twenty bucks a person. I I haven't been there in years. I don't know if they still exist, but it seems like (laughs) that. What about Golden Corral? How much (laughs) is that per? I don't know. It's it's probably not that much less than twenty two dollars a person. But
1: that's that's the thing that where we where Liz and I disagree. Where where Song and Hearth is like. A level of, even though it's a buffet, because I don't typically like buffets, but yeah. um, it's a buffet that reminds me of Tusker House in Animal oh. Kingdom, where okay. it's like a, a, an upper level chef behind the counter. You can get the prime rib. You can, you know, the food is, is a really a, a high quality food. So it's a mm. like, you know, because it's a fancier, you know, restaurant. For me, Aunt Granny's reminds me of Golden Corral, and okay. I'm not a buffet person typically, and so okay,
2: that's unfair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, it that the quality feels that you know that's the difference in the quality for me. Now, like I said, Liz does not agree with me at all on that. So it's not that I don't enjoy going to Aunt Granny's because the kids like it and and we like to go, but um, our grandkids like it. But it's not my favorite. Like I'm not excited about going yep. necessarily for food at Dollywood because their, their snacks are excellent, yeah. but their sit down dining to me is not,
2: um, I mean, it's not Le Cellier. No, right. would say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <Or>
1: even <laughs> Rosen crown or even,
0: or even mythos.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you know,
0: mythos is my punchline for everything since it is the greatest theme park restaurant as voted by theme park insider.
1: Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: they yeah, hung the I banner.
2: <laughs> this is the one at um, Bush Gardens. No, Islands no. of Adventure. No. Uh, in oh, Adventure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember seeing that banner last year.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. You know it's you know it's true if they hung the banner. <laughs> if UCF can hang a national championship banner, then <laughs>
2: come on. Um, <laughs> I forget you. I forget where, where you come from when you said that. I was thinking you're on UCF side there until I realized. Wait a minute, he's from Tennessee. <laughs> I'm a. Fall
0: baby, um, <laughs> no hate to UCF fans. I get it. I you know if I went undefeated and I you know and I didn't play anybody, I'd hang a banner too. Um, they should be
2: proud as heck about that rest that year. They did a great job, but
0: they did. They did. They were not
2: as good as Bama.
0: No. Uh, so. I Aunt Granny's is probably the place that I've eaten the most in Dollywood. But I did. I, I don't know if the pizza place that was up near the train station has closed or or has changed. But I feel like I used to eat there quite a bit too. Um,
1: it's the one that's changed. It's the okay. one that has like the flatbread now. And the- oh, okay,
2: it reopened this year. They've done a lot of. They're doing something like the opposite of Disney. They're spreading. They're making more room for people <laughs> to walk, and they're giving more places to sit. Oh, and they reopened this Iron Horse um, pizza place. They call it Iron Horse now, for the train that's it's across the, the street. Train. And they built like a ton of seating area. And I mean, it's flatbread. It's good enough. Yeah, it's like a ten, thirteen dollar flatbread. Depends on you get twenty percent off with your gold pass or your diamond pass. Now they changed that last year. Oh, um, I so yeah, you get twenty percent. I. With a diamond pass, you get twenty percent off, or with a gold pass, you get fifteen percent off, almost everything. Oh yeah, it's not like Disney where you're like, you take discounts or like no, cheap right, cash. right.
1: <laughs> and you know where you know the little the cave that you would walk through, like if mm-hmm. you were coming down, uh, that's gone,
2: gone, gone.
1: All of that is like gone. open and flat now with a what? big, huge walkway. They they totally yeah, it's structural. There used to needed be needed
0: to. <laughs> Oh, I remember there used to be a, a shop in there where you could buy like stones and like fool's gold. I, I, they, they may have even had like a little setup where you could pan for gold. I can't remember if that was in there. Move they, they moved it. Okay.
1: A long years well, ago, go like ahead. years and years ago. Oh, they moved well, that.
0: Showing yeah. how how recently I've been <laughs> there. But I used to love walking through there. When I was little, I was kind of afraid to go through that cave. I thought it was a little spooky. Uh,
1: I would always tell Liz, this is a little sketch. I'm not quite sure about yeah. going through here, like whenever we would walk through, because it was always wet. Even yeah, it, it was, it was always wet outside. in there.
0: Yep, always yeah, wet. And so
1: I was always kind of like, Ugh. and there was
0: a little um, just past. So if you were coming, like say you were coming from the train station side and walking that way, th- after you passed where the shop was on the right, there was an additional little cave to the right that it just was always dark. I think, I feel like it used to be something. I don't know maybe what it was but when I look at it or when I remember it now I just remember it being a pit of blackness that scared the crap out of me. I didn't know what could be back there.
1: I feel like they had some sort of a walk through kind of something maybe. when I was a kid like maybe. years ago like yeah. I vaguely remember something being there but I don't I, I never can tell if that's a real memory or you know I, but
0: another thing I was thinking about was it just on the other side of that where they used to have Dolly's tour bus or something do you remember that or there was some sort of no. a what was there? there was like a museum or something was it up on the where was that museum
2: there was something up above the on the hill yeah but i it was never open since I've started going there oh okay ten twelve thirteen fourteen years ago I just remember so
1: long I don't remember because I would go as a kid too a lot yeah. and i so I have vague memories of it but
0: yeah. I mean, so for people who don't know it, the park actually opened. I don't know if this was the original name. I think it might have been something Junction, maybe. But then it was Silver Dollar City.
2: Right. Yeah, there was Our, a Rebel Railroad, I think, was first.
0: Okay, Rebel Railroad. Then
2: it was something. Then it was Silver Dollar City, and then Dolly was Dolly was coming to town, and she was like, "I think I'm going to build a theme park here." Yeah. And the people who owned the Hershon family, right? They they do Silver Dollar City. They were like. Why don't we work with you, Dolly? Yeah, because <laughs> they knew Dolly was going to do something something great. Because
1: she's yeah. like
2: that. She's really um, she's really cool in that respect.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I just remember it was definitely back growing up. I remember it as being sort of a regional park that was, you know, it sort of celebrated that it the natural environment. It had that nice steam train going around. You had the flooded mine, which was kind of a cool, like uh, a unique ride. Although I think they have it at silver dollar city as well. Um, in Branson, Missouri. Um, of course it's gone for us. It's no longer at Dollywood. Um, I remember, you know, always the blazing fury always being there, but it, but it was, it was more of like a, Oh, this is kind of like what a, a mountain lifestyle is like. And you know, the history of people, the mountain people, um, but then, like, when Dolly took over, it definitely took on kind of a new. I mean, it may n- not right away, but I remember it, it definitely sort of took on a new path. Um, and it started to become more of a not just like a regional, oh, this is a kitschy little interesting theme park. Mm-hmm. It started to like try to make a name for itself nationally. And I mean, now. I mean, you go there, it's got, like, world-class roller coasters. Like, so, like the, I mean, I think of the, um, you know, the Lightning Rod and the Wild Eagle as being, like, two, you know, of the best roller coasters you can ride. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, Thunderhead, too. But Thunderhead, had, I don't know if it's still this way, but when it opened, I remember it being, like, one of my favorite wooden roller coasters I'd ever ridden. And and maybe maybe it's aged a little bit by now, but um Mystery Mine is is great too, but it's it's really just kind of interesting how the park has grown and changed. I mean when you when you think about um how it positions itself now, like what what do you think what do you think Dollywood's doing to kind of uh draw people in? Like what is is the value proposition still sort of like Oh, uh this is a, a park that celebrates, you know, the the history and culture of the great Smoky Mountains, or is it like something else now? Like how how do you characterize it?
2: It's a little of both. They're really pushing to not be even vaguely thought of as a regional park reason <laughs> as a regional park. Yeah. And um there it's really they're really not anymore. They a lot of the visitors from out of town. That's why the Dream is being being um is full. They're building five, they're gonna when they're finished they'll have five um resorts oh wow I think they'll have like a camping area i can't remember exactly um mm-hmm. the details of that but they, they're the heart songs being built and up you can see up to to the left of it when you're when you're heading up to it they're building another resort they've already started they poured the footing and all that stuff for the next mm-hmm. resort they've added some things like new festivals mm-hmm. they have the, the festivals
1: flowers. are huge I think it's it, that has been the first thing that you really kind of step back and go, wow, they're not, you know, the festivals are bringing in a, a is is different because before the festivals were more music based, like they would bring in you know groups and things for special events, and now they're doing more unique festivals that I think are are broader than just somebody wanting to come in and hear country music or Christian music, but people are wanting to, you know, for you know for different things, and it's been pretty amazing.
2: They're just about Epcotting the place because <laughs> now they start out with a flower and food festival, and they have these Mosaic Cultures, uh-huh. which apparently are, are topiaries. They're really topiaries because they they're oh, multiple wow. plants grown together, made yeah. by a company called Mosaic Cultures. Okay. Um, and after that's over, they they're doing the summer celebration where they've got a, a drone show and fireworks, and they, they just, this festival to me is is probably my favorite festival I've ever been to at a theme park. Wow! Because it's just fun. Uh-huh. They took all the things at Disney. People would complain the heck out of it. At Disney kids are playing hula hoops. <laughs> kids are doing these toys. They have cornhole out. Yeah. And people are using them. Yeah. And they have a dance party at night that people are dancing at. Wow. You, know, you go. You see that the the dance parties at at Disney, except for maybe the holidays. And there'll be some kids and their parents out dancing. This place is packed. It's it's like a disco. <laughs> it's jamming. And then they have the drones, which are pretty fantastic. And
1: they've put in water play areas with these unique water fountains that are not normally there, but are just literally there for you to play around in the water. Nice. And then they built this huge inflatable arena of foam. Just huh. it's like machines that just pump bubbles, just foam of bubbles into it. And, and, and adults and kids are just running around in this foam, just playing. <laughs> and then it's got, when you walk out of that area, there's sort of like water to like rinse you off <laughs> as you leave. And it's you know just what? the most amazing thing to see.
0: This is a great idea because listen, you get in the park for, you know, even half a day in the middle of summer, you get kind of rank. You've been sweating in there for a little while. Go play in the foam for a little while, get a little soapy and then rinse yourself <laughs> off. This is a brilliant idea. It's great. And, and convince people they're just playing and having oh, a good yeah. time.
1: They're just,
2: you know, <laughs> they're just having a ball. And yeah. There's a person who's like, DJing that, and they're telling them, "Come on, let's do this, let's do that." Yeah, and then say, five minutes in, you have to get out, and then you get to send in the next group. It's it's pretty amazing how it how it works. I mean,
0: I've always thought that Disney Disney Dollywood does Christmas really well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Dollywood at Christmas time is is just wonderful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's so traditional. Like a lot of the things that if if people, I, I would assume a lot of people who are listening to this show probably are aware or, you know, maybe if they didn't experience firsthand, they've probably seen like the Osborne festival of lights at, you know, at what used to be MGM studios and um, you know, and, and then Dollywood just like, that's what they did, like all over the park, just cover everything in lights. And, you know, it was just such a, a wonderful time to be there with all, all the, Festivities that they would do, but um, they've really expanded it out. And I remember when they added, uh, they call it Illuminites. Is that mm-hmm. what they call it? Yes. In, in, mm-hmm. in the fall?
2: No, Luminites. Luminites. Luminites, yeah. Great pumpkin Luminites. Okay. It's incredible. I love it. It I, really is.
0: I think they added that maybe a year before I moved away, or maybe two years before I moved away. And I just thought it was so much fun.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it it's one of my favorite nights uh, To go uh, It's it's spectacular Just the, the pumpkins, the real ones The fake ones that they have set up You know, in, in the shape of spiders And the cemetery And just all the little areas around Are just spectacular And it just really glows all around And the lights and the things that they do And so it is a fun night It just is, I enjoy it a lot
2: But we don't call it Halloween No no. In fact, it's closed this year two days before Halloween. Even.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Last year yeah. it closed the day before because it was on Sunday and they just didn't. Because they close for a week after Halloween to get ready for. Oh yeah, for, for Christmas. The so, big festival. <laughs> is
0: is that their is that their official position? They don't want you to call it a Halloween festival.
2: <laughs> that's what I, I've heard. Yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. Because
1: yeah, they don't do they don't hand out candy and it's not about. Dressing up in costumes or anything—it's just this incredible, like pumpkin show that just gives you that spooky, you know, glowing kind of night. And it's yeah. just—it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, half
2: the park is a harvest festival. Okay, there's pumpkins everywhere now. They've they've expanded the pumpkins to everywhere, but you know, there's lots of, of music going on. Yeah, um, Christian music going on all around the park, and then you get to the edges, and then they have the pumpkins and the kind of spooky stuff, which.
0: Right. Yeah. I like, I like the area up, up around mystery mine and, and what they do at nighttime during the luminites festivals. I mean, the lighting, the like, there's, I guess I, in my memory, there's like some foggy areas. Like when you're walking yeah. that trail, um, I don't know. It's just really fun. And the and I,
1: lights. there's that section right before Tennessee tornado that you're going up the hill by blazing fury and they have these lights that hang and then they pump the fog in there too. So you have these purple and orange and spooky kind of lights that you're walking through with the fog. And it's just, yeah, it just gives you that awesome fall kind of spooky feel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's great. And there's special food, there's special drinks. Um, I remember getting um, a good cider the last time that I went there. I remember they were doing some live pumpkin carving demonstrations, which I thought was really cool. It wasn't carving so much as, I guess they were doing the thing where they shave like the pumpkin. They, sh- yeah. you know, so they're not really like cutting holes in it and stuff, but very, very oh, yeah. detailed, intricate work. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think especially if you know that Dollywood and, and any park like this has to be studying what other parks do and and knowing the kind of business you can do by adding festivals um, that may draw additional people in. It just makes sense to do it. And I'm glad not only is Dollywood doing that, but they're doing it well, and mm-hmm. and not just it's not like a token effort. Yeah, here's a little fall festival. They're they're making it their own, and and really trying to make it something that people would want to come back to. I know I I think about it all the time. I I'm really actually hoping that maybe I can go to Luminites this year.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome.
0: I'm gonna try to make it happen.
1: I, this I is the thing I'll that
0: make
2: you on a Sunday. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is the thing that I think Dollywood has done really well, and I, I don't know, I haven't talked to Liz about this, so I may be completely off on on the thinking with it, but I feel like that before the pandemic, you know, Dollywood was so focused, you know, they had a lot of shows that were happening inside theaters and things that you would see when you went. They did some things outside too, but, you know, a lot of the big shows were inside the big theaters. And I've, it seems like that a lot of these changes have kind of coincided with the pandemic in that instead of things feeling shut down because they can't do things, it's like they opened up the outside of the park more. Mm. There were more things outside. There were more of these festivals, the the hanging umbrellas and then the hanging kites for the summer festival. So you had that outdoor those all of these outdoor additions, the film yeah. things, the the things that you could do out. Um, additional seating more just being able to hang out at the park or walk around outside and so i feel like they really leaned into it well and made it more inviting even through times when people were nervous about going places yeah and so it just they i felt like that they handled that transition and the things that were kind of going through with that really really well and so it's it's made me want to even even though you might be nervous about sitting in a theater. There's still so much to do outside at Dollywood that you can enjoy and the attractions and the things. So
2: and they're doing it over the entire park, which is one thing I really like I really like. Um, it sometimes bugs me when I go to Disney at Halloween, and they just have this magical, great Disney Halloween in this area. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't go out farther, even at Christmas, right? Yeah. There's not the decorations at the Magic Kingdom don't go all over the park like thick like they do in the in the open right it's dollywood just you know like it's everywhere they're they're almost they're probably starting now it's it's really close to the time when they'll start lighting the park the lighting bugs will just and you'll see them all day even Mm -hmm. they're just oh that's cool it's like they're like clark griswold with the stapler (laughs) and they're stapling (laughs) this to everything
1: don't stand still too long because i always said if you stand still too long they're gonna attach lights to you (laughs) because they're just putting them everywhere and that's that's awesome! Incredible.
2: We obviously do love Disney's Halloween. We're oh. we're going to that next week on Tuesday. All right.
1: <laughs> we're going to do early <laughs> not, next not week, so scary in
2: two weeks. Well, yeah, two in, weeks in Showtime. A couple of weeks ago. We were,
0: <laughs> we were <going> <laughs> yeah. By the time people are hearing this, you will have done it. So, how was it? <laughs> um,
2: Tremendous. It was
1: well, And and that's the other <laughs> that's the other thing about Dollywood that. For me, what, you know, the things that I loved about Disney when we first started going to Disney, how clean the parks were, how kind everybody was, the extra mile that the cast members would go to make you feel special and to make things feel magical. I feel like you get that at Dollywood. You know, it's it's impeccably clean. You know, it's, it's you know, the, the people are always so kind and working so hard and, and so friendly. And so you get that feeling of like, your your home when you're there like it's it's a home park feeling that um that they just do really well the dolly does i mean you know yeah. he, i mean none of us have ever met her but we all feel like she's family because we just love her so much and she's so kind and she puts out that feeling of you know she know like she knows you and she loves you and she's glad you're there the whole park has that kind of feeling to it and so it's pretty spectacular
2: yeah dolly's hilarious when when, she, when she was doing an interview, she, well, she was standing in front of everybody. And she said, I think some people have some questions to ask me. And they kept asking these questions. They're obviously softball. She says, yeah. I think someone's planted these questions. <laughs> and they absolutely that. do plant the questions. There's no, oh, yeah, there's no doubt course. about it. Of course. At the opening, at the at the dedication of the heart song, a friend of mine was supposed to ask one of the questions. And another person Asked a question that was not supposed to ask a question. Oh. Yeah, it was totally wild.
0: So Lewis, I've noticed you're participating in these sort of like press events at Dollywood this year. What's going on with that?
2: I was up until next month at Dollywood Insider. Yeah. And they invite us to all the press conferences. And even the even the the special ones. This was one that nobody else was at except for insiders and um the the news press that's pretty
0: cool so is this it's like an annual program that you can be part of okay almost
1: sort of like you know how they have and i don't think they call it this anymore but the mom's panel that they would have at disney where you could apply to just sort of you know social media kind of things and and be able to you know get that information a little sooner and so you can put it out on social media feeds and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing that's that same type of thing he's been writing blogs for their, for the Dollywood blog. Okay. Um, And he's, you know, and they invite him and send him press releases and things ahead of time, just so that he can prepare things for his social media and things like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, It's 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 been exciting.
0: Dollywood street team. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Disney still does it. Actually our friend, Nick Salcedo, friend of the show is, is part of the, the Disney. I think they just call it, it's like the Disney planning something I, I, I can't
1: changed the name, but I couldn't remember. Yeah,
0: it's not, yeah. It's not just the Disney moms anymore, but, but yeah. Um, Nick's been doing that this year. Oh, that's so
1: awesome. Yeah. I always thought that would be incredibly cool. So
0: yeah. And it's, it's very similar. You know, they, they asked them to write blogs. They ask them to be part of vlogs. They ask them to come down and, you know, just uh, canvas the social media with the stuff they're doing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's cool that Dollywood does that. I know that's, I mean, it, how could you not take advantage of the fact that there are so many content creators out there, just bring them in, treat them nice and let them help you spread the word. It's like, that's one of the cheapest ways to get your marketing out there. Just do it, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that's awesome. Lewis, congratulations that you've been doing that. I, I, now, do you you have to reapply for like the next season or?
2: Yeah. By the time this is aired, mm-hmm. I will have taken another job that didn't let me
0: uh, even try to
2: do it again this year. So
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was. He, he
1: really did enjoy it. It was really cool. He got to do some really fun things. He couldn't take me along, which was um, sad, but he got to do a lot of fun things.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I've enjoyed watching your Instagram stories when you've been attending some of these things and, and seeing the videos. It's It's been very cool, and it's definitely given, given me some FOMO because – I, I haven't been to Dollywood and or even really Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg in several years now. Um since I've since I've moved south to the Sunshine State. I haven't been back to Dollywood. So um like I said, hoping to get back this year. I hope I I hope I can make that happen. Um and obviously there's a lot of reasons to do it, as we have listed on this show. You know, one thing I'm kind of surprised. That uh, Dollywood hasn't done, but they are they're a family park and I get it. And this is the way that it will probably stay. But the fact that the the moonshine industry like popped up so hard, you know, like <laughs> 10 years ago or so in Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg. I'm surprised that they haven't opened like a little moonshine, like uh, you, even if it was like a little novelty kind of a, a shop or something, maybe maybe where they just sold it, but you couldn't really drink it there or something. I'm, I'm I'm a little surprised Dollywood hasn't done that. I mean, I don't think
2: the Hershans actually have alcohol in any of their parks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Dolly does it. They have a bar at the yeah. at Dream War. I which Dream War. I'm believing that you can't open a hotel without a bar.
0: Oh, you have to, especially at a resort. If you call it a resort, you probably have to have a bar. Yeah. You know,
2: because I know of a company that was run by a very conservative person. Yeah. And when they um, they were having trouble with their hotel and they had it managed by somebody else, they added a bar, which was very controversial at the time. Yeah. Well, something that's been
0: shocking to me the last few years because I didn't even realize it happened until McKenna started working there was that Cracker Barrel started selling beer and wine. <laughs> yeah. That was shocking. I went in and I saw it like on the little table standee. I saw that I was like, "You," and I even asked McKenna because she had never said anything about it. I was like, "You all sell beer and wine
1: here?" <laughs> yeah.
0: And I guess it was something they started doing. Post pandemic,
1: I should say it's been pretty recent because I've just been seeing the billboards where yeah, they, you know, where they talk about it. Yeah. And so, yeah,
0: yeah, I know. And so, you know, it's, well, a, it's a cash cow.
1: That's what's incredible too about Dream War Just when we were talking about the bar, it just made me think: um, if, if you have kids and you're going to the resort, they have so many activities and things that go on there for families. Um, because obviously they have the big pool, they have a hot tub and all that kind of thing outside, but they also have like a barn outside where they do bedtime stories with the kids and they do crafts and they have all of these little times during the day. They make s'mores um, by all the little fire pit areas. (laughs) And so (laughs) Lewis likes the s'mores, Um, but they do all of these other like events that are free that that don't cost anything. And they have, you know, cider, you know, in the lobby during the days, then, you know, different things. So there's just, they're they're offering so much more than, you know, what you would just think of them offering in years past where they're just really making it a, a neat destination place for for families. And so.
0: Will the heart song have any additional amenities that the Dream War doesn't have, like in terms of activities or things, or do we know yet?
2: Don't know about activities. It's got a bigger pool. It's got a... a oh, what's the other thing that has... That's different. Oh, it has... Um, balconies Those oh are one of the other things i've added
0: okay and, and it's it, I guess, farther off
2: the road so you're not necessarily on the road
0: okay so it's it feels a little more remote i guess or mountainous um that that's awesome it's when does it open
2: fall 2023
0: okay make your reservations now folks mm-hmm. go stay at the heart song it sounds like it's going to be really gorgeous is it going to have a big lobby like the mm-hmm. wilderness lodge it's gonna have like a, a atrium sort of thing or
1: is it more it, 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 no, it, it has a, like a four story it. window that's going in like to the front. So it's it has this oh. big wide open look in the in the drawings and things, obviously, that you know that yeah. they've got for it. And so I haven't are they gonna do a spa there as well, Lou? They have a, a, an incredibly nice spa at the Dream War. I, oh wow. I can't, I can't seem to ever it's it's booked all the time. I haven't been <laughs> able to get in. Um, but it looks incredible whenever i walked in there and begged for a spot but
0: you know what's funny um i guess i never really thought about this until and and i'm going to be vague about my working situation right now but i am now privy to some information about full service resorts and this was something that i recently learned spas really don't make money for hotels typically really? but this one if it's like busy all the time, I would be shocked if it's not making money. But it's one of these things that, for certain hotel companies, if you consider yourself to be a full service resort, you have to have one.
1: Right.
0: It's something you have to offer, and and so it's. But it loses money in most places.
1: Well, I find that they're very. They typically are very small in resorts. But I, I was at the Chadnigan over the weekend um, that has a spa there. And, and as I went by, you know, it's really very small. The, the spa at dream War is very small. It's not mm. just a huge, you know, space.
0: Well, maybe um, that's why. <laughs>
1: and they're very pricey. I mean, if, yeah. you know, if you're looking at the cost for some of those, I think a day, like a, a spa day at the dream War was around $650 for the day. I think. Wow. Yeah. And so you would think that make
0: Dolly yeah, that's money hard first. To <laughs> it's hard to say Dollywood dollary dues. <laughs> <laughs> Um
1: but but you know also it's it's a lot of a lot goes into that with staffing and they have to yeah. be, you know, certified to do the things they do. So I could see that it would be an expensive part yeah. of the resort to to run.
0: I would say if it wasn't like running at max capacity, it probably just uh, you know, just doesn't really make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense, but it's just kind of surprise. I wonder about, is it senses at the grand Floridian? They've got like a big spa there. I wonder, I wonder if that's the same situation uh, for them that it just doesn't make a lot of money. I don't know. That was a surprise to me, mm-hmm. but it's, it's nice. I think that I, I, maybe the way the dream war is offsetting is by charging so much for it since it's like such a limited space. And then maybe that helps, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Oh no, either. Yeah,
1: I just enjoyed those days. So,
0: oh yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: If I can, if I can work it in. (laughs) Um, Our problem is usually that we're having to change reservations and things so much. It's hard for us to to lock in reservations for special things. But
2: yeah, should have known you need to make a reservation ahead of time. Yeah, I apologize.
1: Really, they did.
0: Lewis and Val, ladies and gentlemen, joining the Passholder Lounge. They did such a great job and we had such a good time chatting that we went on for another 45 minutes or so, and therefore, this is only part one of the Lewis and Val episode. You're going to have to tune in next week on my birthday to hear part two. That's right. By the time you are hearing this next week, I will be preparing myself, my mind, my body, and my spirit to go to Halloween Horror Nights and have the time of my life celebrating a big birthday milestone. So, I hope you all enjoy this. This is part one. Part two will be my birthday gift back to all of you. And, uh, yes, I'm... Look, I'm not typically the kind of person that reminds everybody my birthday's coming up, but this is a big one. Got a big group coming into town. I'm so excited to see everybody. And one thing you can look forward to in the week after that is my hope anyway as long as I can get it together is a Halloween Horror Nights sort of review episode at the very least maybe we'll chat about food and drink and just kind of recount our our uh, adventure at Halloween Horror Nights for my birthday but that's coming up but this week Lewis and Val next week Lewis and Val week after Halloween Horror Nights and we'll see who I can get for that one Thank you all so much for joining me once again. I appreciate all of the, the feedback, all the listening, all the re- downloading, subscribing, reviewing that you're doing. It's very, very helpful. It motivates me to keep doing this and keep getting better. Always be getting better. That's something I like to say, and I will try to do that. I'll, I'll slap the sign on the way out the door. And speaking of out the door, I'm going to head out the door. I hope you all of you have a great weekend. Take care of each other. Be safe. Enjoy Labor Day, and we will talk next Friday. Eight, nine, Cheers, friends. Bye bye.
1: About time to say goodnight. Good night. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, then order again. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.